welcome to a podcast for Redefined Sisters. We are a discipling community of women flourishing in faith and redefined by the gospel. Our deepest desire is to equip women to be deeply rooted in the word of God and live in community with one another. Well, welcome back, ladies. To begin, we have a fun question. Emily, what Christmas dishes are you and your family cooking and baking this year? I will be baking apple crisp, and my mouth is already watering. But on our family menu this year, we have beef tenderloin, ham, mashed potatoes, Brussels sprouts, a veggie casserole, and an apple and blue cheese walnut salad. For dessert, stay tuned because there's... A lot of food here. Banana nut cake, caramel apple pie, and I'm making the apple crisp because there's going to be 15 of us gathered. So we have to have quite the spread. What about you? I love that. That all sounds delicious. Yes, lots of food. Yes. Well, I'm going to be making a small ham, some potatoes, and roasted green beans in just some rolls because it's mainly just going to be me, my husband, and my kids for dinner. And my mom is actually bringing over some biscuits and gravy for brunch, just so that way they can spend some time with the kids. And my mother-in-law is bringing a fruit tray so we can all just sit, have an easy brunch, and pick up some food while we relax that day. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's the perfect amount of food, and I'm so ready to just sit and relax on Christmas Day. Yes, I hear that. (laughs) We've all had a busy season this year, I feel. (laughs) Well, welcome back once again. We are continuing our series, Emmanuel, God With Us, Advent Reflections. We plan to press pause on our monthly reading calendar, but we'll continue our life studies together to dig deeper and prepare for the month of Christ in our Facebook discipleship community. We hope that you'll head over there. During the month of December, be sure to check out the Advent Reflections and Devotional Guide included for those in our community, or you may purchase those in our merch store. Use the code PODCAST10 during this holiday season. This week, join us for a beautiful conversation over Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 12 in our second Advent Reflection, written by my beautiful co-host, Emily. Emily, can you walk us through what you wrote? Absolutely. I would love to. Well, ladies, does hope seem within your grasp or with each passing day? Does your heart survey the world around you and leave feelings of isolation, despair, or uncertainty? If you're like me, you could answer this question with a resounding yes. In a world where death, disease, and pain leave a lingering longing for more, is hope close or far away? Jesus is near when the doctor shares unexpected news when you lose your job or promotion. Walk through miscarriage and find yourself in a difficult friendship or marriage in need of restoration and healing. I have often found Christmas to be a beautiful reminder of hopeful anticipation, rejoicing at the birth of Jesus as we reflect and remember God's beautiful gift of salvation. Our Jesus was born in a manger, lowly and humble, to graciously enter into a saving relationship with you and I. 
to give hope when it seems close or far away, to provide hope and uncertainty and peace in the midst of chaos. We serve a God of the impossible, a savior of miracles, a mighty power that guides and strengthens our hearts in every season. So what does the Bible tell us about hope and where our faith should be firmly rooted? Faith can move mountains, and while it may not change our longings, it will change our hearts as we approach the throne of grace and faith. Jesus intercedes for us, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to remain steadfast when the feelings of isolation, despair, and uncertainty grip our hearts and minds. In the same breath, we need to recognize there is a very real enemy, Satan, who seeks to devour our soul. Imagine a lion desperately seeking out their prey in order to completely devour and destroy. Are you aware that there's a spiritual battle? And without the armor of God, you may be placing yourself in the direct pathway of these schemes. Pray in the spirit, ask God to provide wisdom as you recognize the ways you are vulnerable to temptations and sinful patterns that the enemy knows will be your downfall. So sister, our hope and home is in heaven as we wait for the restoration of the kingdom of God. Let us hope in Christ, hope in every season, not just during Christmas. And for further reflection, I encourage you to meditate on some of these passages that I'll talk about, and then continue reading with us in Luke to find hope in your Savior and allow your faith to plant deep roots, reaching out to touch the lives of those around you this Christmas season. These verses are Matthew 17, 20, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, Luke 11, 1 through 4, James 1, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, Romans 15, 13, Romans 12, 12, Hebrews 10, 23, Revelation 21, 4, Matthew 11, 28, Psalm 43, 5. And we will also put these in the description box for you ladies. That is just so beautifully written, Emily. Thank you so much for reading that and just writing that for our ladies. You are welcome. So ladies, pour a cup of coffee or tea, grab your journal and join us as we continue this series. This will be perfect for any woman. So listen along anytime, anywhere. I, Jordan, will be your host, joined by my dear friend, Emily. Welcome. She is also the founder of Redefine Sisters. Thank you for the gracious support, sister. And we would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast so we can reach more women with the hope of the gospel. But before we dive into this episode, we want to hear your story. If this is a difficult season for you, please let us know how we can support you through prayer. Email our team at hello at redefinesisters.com and share with us. We would love to hear from you. Enter to win our special giveaway, a free admission ticket to our upcoming women's conference in the spring of 2024. Lastly, a couple great resources from our last few episodes to familiarize yourself with is net.bible.org and blueletterbible.org, which is my personal favorite. And Emily's favorite is bibleref.com. We will link these in the description box for you ladies. Emily, would you like to get us started with discussing this chapter of Isaiah? Yes, I will do that. 
So as we read, let's gain a deeper understanding of the context of Isaiah. As we were preparing for this podcast, I was going to continue in the book of Luke, but I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to um, point you ladies to Isaiah, and so that's what we're going to do on this episode. So we're going to understand the context a little bit better, so there's some debate on the authorship, but Isaiah is most likely the author. You can reference and read more in, um, well, we're going to read verse one, so you'll see, but in chapter two, verse one, and chapter seven, verse one, so the audience was the nation of Judah living in Jerusalem before the Babylonian captivity and exile in 586 BC, before Christ, next to Psalms is one of the most referenced books in the New Testament. So Isaiah is actually one of the most referenced books in the New Testament. You'll see that Jesus actually refers to the book of Isaiah too. So probably written between 792 to 740 BC through the reign of Hezekiah, ruled from 729 to 686 BC. So some of the themes are salvation. It focuses a lot on Isaiah's prophecy concerning the remnant of God the attributes of God and the suffering servant, which we all know is Jesus. So as you read through scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see kind of the overarching theme of the Bible, um, and that is the coming of Jesus. So that is why um, Isaiah was a prophet to point to um, the coming of the Messiah. And I'm going to read in my study Bible, the commentary notes, because I thought it was very helpful. And this is about kind of the themes in Isaiah that we'll see. Salvation, the book reflects the heartbeat of a holy God who hates sin and brings judgment. But at the same time, he loves us so much that he makes a way for salvation available to all who will repent. In scope, Isaiah's prophecies are both particular, focused on the remnant, and universal, extending to the Gentiles, regarding sin, which must be judged, and salvation, which is really offered to repentant people. Judah, Israel, and the nations are all guilty of sin, but can find a Savior in Yahweh. Attributes of God, the uniqueness, sovereignty, and holiness of the Savior— Isaiah affirms throughout this prophecy that Yahweh alone is God. Yahweh's sovereignty applies to not only his dealings with Israel and Judah, but he also holds sway over all the nations of the world and performs the same acts of judgment and restoration. The nature of Yahweh is set apart and utterly unlike anything in the universe, places on creatures the obligation to worship him. And even in our own life, sometimes our worship is misplaced, but God created us to be in relationship with him and to worship him. And so when we do have idols and sin in our life, it moves us further away from God in this relationship that he wants for us and desires. The suffering servant, the frequent and lyrical messianic passages promise both judgment and jubilation. While God is exalted and transcendent, he is nonetheless also imminent, present with his creatures and living in their midst as one of them, Emmanuel, God with us. 
suffering in order that by his Christ's wounds, he heals us from sin and death. So let's jump back into Isaiah. But first, I want to talk about this word salvation. And the Hebrew word for that is Yeshua, meaning deliverance. And it's used 78 times in the Old Testament. So it's very important. But we know that Jesus brings a salvation as well. So occurrences are found in Isaiah and in the Psalms, connected to the idea like I said, that salvation is provided by God through his beloved son, Jesus. So let's jump into verses one through three of Isaiah nine. But there will be no more gloom for her who is in anguish, referring to the nation of Israel. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation, you shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence, as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Now we'll read down to verse four, for you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as at the battle of Midian, for every boot of a booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood for will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called, this is verse 6, so we're going to go through verse 12. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So these are characteristics of Jesus. So I'll read those again. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace or on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The Lord sends a message against Jacob, and it falls on Israel. And all the people know it, that is Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria. Asserting in pride and in arrogance of heart, the bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with smooth stones. The sycamores have been cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Therefore, the Lord raises against them adversaries from resin and spurs their enemies on. The Arameans on the east and the Philistines on the west. Now, when you read the Arameans, that can also refer in your translation as Assyrians. And they devour Israel with gaping jaws. In spite of all this, his anger does not turn away, and his hand is still stretched out. This is God's mercy toward his people Israel and towards us. So I thought it was important to read in my commentary notes for verses 3 through 5 and then in verses 6 through 12 as we kind of break um, chapter 9 apart so we can better understand it. The nation would experience great joy for three reasons, and this is in verses three through five. First, oppression would end. God would deliver the people from oppression, as on the day of Midian. 
This referred to the battle fought by Gideon and his 300 men in the face of overwhelming odds. The victory was won by the Lord alone. Gideon's tiny army could claim no credit. In the future day of deliverance, the Lord would again shatter all oppression, and there would be nobody besides him to take the credit. Second war would cease. There would be no need for the garments of war. The implements, boot, and results, bloody garments of warfare would be fuel for the fire. Verses 6 through 12. Third, the Messiah would come. The pinnacle of Israel's proclamation of hope for Israel in the face of the Assyrian threat lay in the promised ruler who would reign on the throne of David and establish justice and righteousness. Jesus will be born for us, indicate his divinity. This child, this son, God's son, will be a fulfillment of the Emmanuel prophecy. He is a human child, both God and man, who also bears a divine nature. The understanding of the human and divine character of the coming king is further developed by the four um, themes throughout this book. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, and prince of peace. So wonderful counselor describes one who would establish plans. The coming ruler would be wonderful in the origination of his plans. Mighty God, a phrase whose only other occurrence clearly applies to Yahweh. This references to the divinity of the child and accentuates his strength. The eternal father may emphasize the eternality of the paternal relationship of the coming Messiah with the people, or the eternality of the son and his unity with the Godhead. Prince of Peace was a title that included the idea of completeness or wholeness. The Messiah will bring military peace, but even more important is the peace he established between God and man. So again, just so that we touch on these themes and these characteristics of King Jesus, wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, and prince of peace. Well, ladies, let's go ahead and jump over to Isaiah 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 6, and then we'll go to John 1. On that day, you will say, I will give thanks to you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. And on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make his works known among the peoples. Declare that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out and sing, citizen of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you in his greatness. Now let's jump over to John 1 in the Gospels. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. And him was life, and that life was the light of men, but light shines in the darkness. Yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, Jesus, so that all might believe through him. 
He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, his people Israel, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the, the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he was established before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side, has revealed him. Jordan, do you want to read our redefined definition? All right, ladies, our redefined definition. Blessing is the abundant life offered to us in Christ, enriched by God the Father and sustained through the power of the Spirit. The abundance offered to us is eternal life, a loving relationship that has saved and redeemed our broken lives. Our response is living in right fellowship with God through a lifestyle of faith, obedience, and prayer. Next, we're going to cross-reference some passages on salvation. So ladies, if you want to turn to the book of Ephesians, Chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For it is grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Next, we're going to turn to John Chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. For God so loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But everyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. And next, we are going to stay in the book of John, but we are going to flip over to chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Next, we are going to turn to the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And lastly, let's go to the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Emily, would you like to touch on our application points? Yes, absolutely. So how can you focus and how can we focus on the birth of Jesus and his love for us this Christmas season? It's number one. Number two, what practical steps of faith can you take to remember Jesus loves you no matter where you are or what you have done? Seek the Lord through prayer this week. That would be our greatest encouragement. And in case you need a beautiful reminder, Jesus is ready to receive you with open arms, sister. And Jordan, um, do you want to end our time in prayer? This is something we do in our discipleship community. Yes, absolutely. Father, thank you for your everlasting love. You came and continually loved us, even in our moments when we have failed you. I pray for every woman listening that they hear you, they seek you. I pray that you speak to them and remind them about how much you care and love them. You are continually faithful and gracious to us. Thank you for new mercies every morning. And we are extremely thankful for you, Lord. Amen. And ladies, thank you for joining us. We hope you delight in the presence of Jesus this season as we read through scriptures together. A new episode will be released bi-weekly for you, ladies. We hope you enjoyed a bright and merry December, and we'll see you in the new year. And just a hint, our phrase for the year in 2024 is God with us. Have a wonderful week, ladies. Bye. Bye. listening. To continue the conversation with us, join our free membership community at www.facebook.com slash groups slash redefined sisters. We cannot wait to connect with you.